The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where you hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. This is Carlos from Hackney Haunts from Westminster, Maryland, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Jeremy from Creepy Collection, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Nick Knudsen with Poison Props out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hey, this is Kurt with the K from Kurt Controllers, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Pappy with Nightmare Pioneer in Chardon, Ohio, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Sean with Bloodstead Brothers Productions out of Temecula, California. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with... Three big scary man and one that wears more makeup than I do. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. Welcome to episode 257 of The Big Scary Show. Can you believe March is upon us? My goodness, if you're a haunter, you know what March means. That's right, Trans World in St. Louis. The biggest trade show of the year, and it is up in just a couple of short weeks. We know a lot of you are frantically designing your boots, finishing up your displays, and getting ready for the biggest trade show of the year, so be sure to tune in to The Big Scary Show to get all the cool information that you need. That being said, let's get to it. Storm's been under the weather for the last, you know, few days, so we gave him the show off, so we are recycling an old haunt minute from a few shows back. We hope you enjoy that. Meat Hook Jim is bringing another episode of Between the Corpses to you. The old crone returns with her segment about a lot of interesting things. I'm going to be reading you the deadline news and taking a last look back at February with a trip to the Haunted Farms Valentine's Day event in North Carolina. It was a lot of fun and we speak to the general manager there about the Haunted Farm. I've also got the latest in deadline news and possibly a gruesome giveaway winner. We hope you remember to enter the contest in March because we might just have a winner already in February. 
The Roundtable of Terror is all about trans world. You know, so many people have been going for decades to the show. We have a handful of newcomers, first-timers coming to trans world. Some are vending, some are buyers. I'm sure they're just sitting there with tons and tons of questions, so we bring in one of our wily sages and sponsors, Jeremy from Creepy Collection, who hopes to answer all their questions. Does he succeed? Find out when you hear our annual Trans World Survival Guide. And remember to bring comfortable shoes, folks. You know, we have all this plus so much more, including some great music, here on episode 257 of The Big Scary Show. Trans World's Halloween and Attraction Show returns to the America Center in St. Louis, March 17th through 20th, for another year of spooky Halloween thrills and chills. Join haunters from all over the world as they network, attend classes, demos, and seminars, and walk the aisles of the show floor featuring the top haunt vendors in the world. Don't forget the after-hours events, including the party at City Museum, the return of the Vampire Circus, the State of the Industry, and the Oscars Award. Once again, Transworld welcomes back its Christmas trade show and room escape show all under one roof. Visit www.haashow to get more information and register for the biggest show of the year, and we'll see you in St. Louis. Hello everybody, Drew Badger. We are live on the road here in Hendersonville, North Carolina, up in the mountains just south of Asheville. We are at the Haunted Farm. My haunt companion and I came up here to check out their Love You to Death Valentine's Day event. Going on two weekends in February. This is the second weekend. And just went through and it was a fantastic time. I have got Daniel Ballard, the general manager here. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. A little cold, but I'm having a great time. It tends to be cold in February as opposed to October in the I south know. where it's usually like 80. But, you know, it, it's, what, probably 45 out here. It is absolutely beautiful, picture-perfect night. Had a full moon, I believe, the other day. And, boy, it really feels like October out here, and uh, especially after walking through this. This was my first time here. I have to say, super impressed. Love this place. Thank you. Thank you so much. We work really hard on it and, uh, and try to bring new scares and new awesomeness every year. So the Haunted Farm has been here for a number of years, and this is kind of like your only off-season event that you got. You don't do a Christmas haunt or a Friday the 13th or anything like that. Right. We generally only do the Halloween haunt season. Uh, this was our fourth year uh, trying the uh, Valentine's Day theme off-season event, um, and, and it's gone pretty well. I mean, I've seen a lot of couples going through here. We uh, actually bumped into one that was traveling a little slow because, they let, let, let's face it, they were a little skittish going through with some of the folks here. So, you know, if you're out on a date night, again, what a perfect thing to do is to go through a haunted house. It, it, it really is a lot of fun. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people, how many couples just love the spooky stuff. We see great people coming out here and all kinds of scary get-up of their own. They just, you know, they love it year-round just like we do, so... We try to do something fun as often as we can. So tell us about the Haunted Farm regular season. I, I don't, you know, I didn't see anybody dressed as little cherubs or angels in here. Was this basically the same show, or has this got a little bit of a Valentine's theme to it? There were an awful lot of red lights in there. Well, we, we changed up a few of the lighting. Uh, 
scenarios here, and uh, there's a few characters that we have. One of our rumors was new for this uh, this particular event. We have a, a wailing banshee uh, that's uh, that's roaming around here and screaming you to death. And <laughs> and then uh, we built a, a, a chapel this for this that event. That was pretty cool. That was brand new for this event. And then we uh, change up one or two of the rooms. Sometimes we do a little more, but this season. Uh, we were working on a, a really big project for our main season uh, for 2022, so we spent a lot of our time and energy there, and didn't quite get that ready in time for for this event. But um, but it, it's going to be something special. I can hear the uh, screams coming out here in the woods here. So somebody's getting ready. To... Oh, and I didn't even notice the big cemetery back that here. That is a real. That cemetery. is a real cemetery. That is that is freaking awesome yeah so again tell us about what it's like here in october you have a general theme that you go through i know you've got clowns and i know you've got asylums and i know you've got hillbillies and people wandering in the woods but what is the general theme of the haunted farm uh it really is just the haunted farm we we have a storyline on our website that we've kind of been embellishing and and growing for the last 12 years uh it's sort of a romeo and juliet story tragic love story with a with a family blood feud, you know, kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys. And uh, we just kind of grow that story a little bit and try to fit it into each different theme that we do every year. Uh, This past year we did uh, Unhinged, which uh, we brought in our, you know, we built a 3,000 square foot new building and a big section of that is our asylum. Uh, and And that was sort of our first time not really fitting it into the theme. But for the most part, there's a lot of little stuff peppered in throughout our haunt that you can see in our videos and our marketing and some of our website imagery uh, that, that, that people who really, really are, are hardcore fans here, and some of us have been with us since the beginning, they really love that kind of thing, little Easter eggs and stuff for the people who really pay attention. Nice. And I have to say the asylum was dynamite, one of the absolute best asylum scenes I have ever been in, and I've, I've been through a lot of asylums. But you had good actors in there. The set design was amazing. The blood on the floor, absolutely perfect. And I loved it. I did, I did not realize that was brand new for you this year, but uh, apparently a lot of people liked it. Yeah, it's, it's was, it was very, uh, <laughs> a very big deal for us. Uh, we spent about six months working on it. It was uh, myself and the owner, a few other people, uh, helped us, and we, we built this ourselves. And it's a really true labor of love for us. And all the way down to the tile, the green and white tile on the floor. So. It, it was really nice. Any uh, secrets you can reveal coming up for the uh, upcoming 2022 season? We are going to be playing uh, playing vertical, playing on people's fear of heights this season. We're in the mountains. What, I mean, what are you going to do? Like hang us off a cliff or something? Uh, we have bought <laughs> a lot of steel. <laughs> oh, boy. And we're building scaffoldings and catwalks and platforms and uh, I think at one point you end up about 22 feet in the air on a on a catwalk oh that's just it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty special I'm sure it's gonna be something so looking forward to that what are the uh, do you have the operating dates for 2022 already not yet no we usually publish those around the time we publish our theme which doesn't always happen when we want it to towards the end of July sometimes it's beginning of August uh, okay. But but that's about when we do post that information. If we do post the dates early, it'll be on our website. It'll be on NorthCarolinaHauntedHouses.com, Haunt World, all that kind of stuff. And, and I assume the theme may have something to do with, shall we say, elevation. Uh, we haven't really settled on that yet. We have a few ideas we're kicking around, and I think it's going to depend on a few of the 
uh, scenes that we set up, but but I think you're probably in the ballpark. Excellent. We'll definitely have to come up here. My daughter goes to school up here at Asheville about mm, 20 minutes away, and she came out here the past couple of years, and she says she's had a great time in October. So awesome. I'm going to have to follow in her footsteps and do all that. So for people wanting more information about the haunted farm, maybe you're out leaf watching in October and you're traveling through the Asheville area. We're right off I-26, about five minutes. Um, I-40 is maybe 15 minutes away, just south of Asheville, North Carolina. Where can people get more information, websites, social medias, and all that? Sure. The best place is our website. It's nchauntedfarm.com. Pretty simple. And you've got links to everything else? And all our social media is linked there. Uh, if you search the Haunted Farm, North Carolina, or Hendersonville on any of the social media apps, we're pretty much on all of them. I was a little. I was expecting a little bit more farm, but I, you know, I'm. I was very pleasantly surprised, and and actually got pretty creeped out at some of the things here. So I really like that. So NC Haunted Farm or Farms? Just Farm. NCHauntedFarm.com. Please tell me somehow you utilize this giant cemetery behind you for we, the hunt. Uh, we are lucky enough that the church who manages that property allows us to do some overflow oh. parking during the main season so we do park a bunch of cars over there can you dig some graves and have people like (laughs) popping out that would be just so awesome we've done something like that in a few other places in the woods but (laughs) not not the actual cemetery it it is nice they do let us film there from on on occasion when we use when we want to use it for a particular scene in our marketing very nice and there's a few videos that do feature that graveyard Can't, can't wait to see what you got in store for 2022. Daniel Ballard, I wish you nothing but success here. It Thank looks you. like you're having a great time here for the Valentine's Day event. You know, we're uh, eight months away from Halloween, but, uh, you know, the screams are loud here and the clowns are giggling and the chainsaws are loud and the live pigs were kind of cool too. So <laughs> be sure to check out nchauntedfarm.com if you're in the Hendersonville, North Carolina area. My name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show on the road on a chilly, chilly winter night. And we are out. T-Virus, kill her tonight on The Big Scary Show.
Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Between life and death is no greater than the thickness of a door. Now, the door is open. What do you want? An ancient house, a phantom car, a terrifying confrontation with evil. Trish Vandevere, Joseph Cotton, The Hearse, a classic experience in fright. From Crown International Pictures, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Greetings, listeners, Greetings, listeners. and welcome. And welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses... We are going to talk about stoning, not being stoned, in a manner of speaking, but stoning. The Mosaic Code appeared in the Old Testament books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and greatly expanded the range of crimes punishable by death under Hebrew scriptures. Stoning seems to have been regarded as a particularly appropriate for sexual crimes and witchcraft. It was also the punishment for rebellious children, worshipping false gods, and working on the Sabbath. There are many specific references. Leviticus 20.27 demands death by stoning for all mediums caught communicating with the dead. Deuteronomy lists it as the punishment for adultery, incest, and bestiality though the idea that it was a general penalty for homosexuality is now largely discredited. Leviticus 20.13 warns, If a man also lie with mankind as he hath with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. This passage, together with a similar verse, Deuteronomy 20.24, is thought to refer specifically to homosexual temple prostitution, a widespread widespread vice among many tribes bordering the Israelites. For a woman, the fear of execution depended heavily on her sexual status. A woman presented as a virgin to her husband but subsequently proved to have had sex before her engagement would face the following fate, according to Deuteronomy 20.13-21. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die. Seemingly, women were not penalized if they admitted their loss of virginity. Men were not punished for premarital sex. Similarly, women who also allowed themselves to be seduced by one man while engaged to another risked a stoning. Engaged men face no penalty for unfaithfulness. In contrast, Exodus 21, 22 through 23, 
goes into detail about what should happen in the event that a fight between men accidentally injures a pregnant woman, causing her to miscarry. It suggests remedies, depending on the woman's subsequent health, and sets out capital punishments in the event of her death. These are stoning, impaling on a stake, and burning. Jewish law stated that any criminal sentenced to death by stoning should be taken to a nominated place outside the city walls where his or her accuser would throw the first stone, after which the rest of the crowd could join in. This form of execution was maintained by the Jews for many years and was used against St. Stephen after he was found guilty of blasphemy in hailing Jesus of Nazareth as God. There is a danger in viewing historical laws with modern attitudes, heightened by the risk of mistranslation and misinterpretation. In defense of ancient Israel's laws, it should be stressed that the courts demanded overwhelming levels of proof before pronouncing the death penalty. Now, not so smart, were they? We'll catch you on the next episode. Hello, everyone. This is Drew Badger, and this is Deadline News for episode 257. And we're going to start this off with an update from the Midwest Haunters Convention coming to Rosemont, Illinois, basically Chicago. The Midwest Haunters Convention 2022 is being moved back a week so as not to conflict with other major horror conventions taking place on the first weekend in June. The new dates are June 10th for the pre-show haunt tour and June 11th and 12th for the convention itself. Registration will open March 17th at Transworld's Halloween and Attraction Show in St. Louis. Discounted tickets will be sold at the MHC booth 2407. That same discount will be available for a week when tickets go on sale March 21st at MidwestHauntersConvention.com. Keep an eye on the MHC website for more information and updates as they become available. We have this update from the Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival coming to Romulus, Michigan. We have another official guest announcement. We're having Dark Visions. And they tell us James Duvall will be attending Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival March 18th through the 20th. James is widely known as Frank in Richard Kelly's psychological thriller, Donnie Darko. Before putting on the iconic bunny suit, though, he was already making his mark in films like Greg Araki's The Doom Generation and Nowhere, also starring Jordan Ladd, as well as Independence Day, SLC Punk, Go, and Gone in 60 Seconds. More information and tickets for the convention can be found at MotorCityLegacy.com. We have this update to the Texas Frightmare Weekend coming to Dallas. Matthew Lillard returns to the Texas Frightmare Weekend April 29th through May 1st. Lillard starred in the Wes Craven slasher Scream with previously announced Scream guest Skeet Ulrich. Matthew is also known for his role as Shaggy in both live-action adaptations of Scooby-Doo as well as voicing the character in several animated versions and video games. Besides Scream, Lillard's credits include Ghoulies Go to College, Serial Mom, Hackers, SLC Punk, 13 Ghosts, the 2017 revival of Twin Peaks, and much, much more. 
Tickets and more information are available at TexasFrightmareWeekend.com. We have some haunt news, this time from the Hudson Haunted House in Hudson, Ohio. Haunted houses are not just for Halloween anymore. If you love the thrill and excitement of haunted houses, then come spend St. Patrick's Day weekend with us at the Hudson Haunted House for St. Patrick's Revenge, March 18th and 19th. We'll be open both days from 7.30 until 11.30 p.m., and we guarantee this will be one St. Patrick's Day weekend you will never forget. Don't forget proceeds go to several good causes throughout the community. The St. Patrick's Day Revenge Haunted House is located at 2250 Barlow Road in Hudson, Ohio. For more information, you can call 330-697-1279 or visit facebook.com slash Hudson Haunted House. We have this update from the Carolina Fear Fest coming to Raleigh, North Carolina. We have a special guest announcement, Ken Forey. With dozens of impressive roles on his resume, Ken Forey's performances in Halloween, Dawn of the Dead, Lords of Salem, Devil's Rejects, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 are best known to horror fans. We have many more announcements to come, so get more information and your tickets to Carolina Fear Fest coming to the North Carolina State Fairgrounds May 27th through the 29th at carolinafearfest.com. We have this from the Wells Township Haunted House in Brilliant, Ohio. Wells Township Haunted House presents their Lights Out Tour March 18th and 19th. You get one glow stick per group, no tour guide, and you must sign a waiver before entering the total darkness. The box office runs from 6 to 11 p.m. with the doors opening at 7. Good luck, because you'll need it. Get more information at facebook.com slash Wells Township Haunted House fan page. And finally, we have this news from Brighton Asylum Haunted House in Passaic, New Jersey. Test your luck this St. Patrick's Day weekend at New Jersey's legendary haunted house, Brighton Asylum. You don't have to be Irish to attend this one-of-a-kind haunted attraction, but you may wish you had a little bit of that old Irish luck on your side as you navigate New Jersey's scariest haunted house. Our escape rooms and axe throwing will also be open. Purchase your haunt ticket and add either an escape room, axe throwing, or both to complete your night out. St. Patrick's Sleigh, March 12th. Operational hours are 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Guests must be on the wait line by 9.15 to be granted entry. This is strictly enforced. Guests arriving after 9.15 will not be granted entry. The Haunted House will stay open until guests complete all attractions offered. Get more information at brightonasylum.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you are listening carefully to the last show because it is time to see if we have a winner for the February gruesome giveaway sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. Be sure to check out ScreamlineStudios.com for all your great needs from weapons to latex to videos to so many other things. They love giving out prizes, and let's see if we can give one out right here. We asked a question on the last show. Out of all the entries we got, we randomly selected somebody. I think we have them on the line. Random caller, what is your name? Where are you located? I'm Elizabeth from Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville, North Carolina. Hey, my oldest daughter lives there. That's pretty cool. That's a beautiful, beautiful country up there. I was just up at a haunt in Hendersonville last weekend, so I'm assuming there's some cool haunts up that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Haunted Farm is up here. And that's uh, where I was. I was just at Haunted Farm with a friend of mine. It It was great. I was very impressed. But anyway, Elizabeth from Asheville, North Carolina, you know how this works. Let me ask you a couple of quick legal questions. Question number one, did we contact you in any way, shape, or form other than to tell you when to call in? No. All right. Question number two, did you try to encourage us to pick your entry through any means necessary? No. (laughs) All right, fantastic. Well, Elizabeth from Asheville, North Carolina, I don't have the question in front of me, but let me paraphrase it. Let's see if you remember the answer to this. During the last round table of terror... One of our guests revealed the name of the person who coined the phrase slider. What was the name of the person who came up with the term slider? Jay Mead. And that is absolutely correct. One of our guests, Todd Stubler, he said that uh, Jay Mead, who was a stunt person at Knott's Berry Farm, was splashing around and came up with the term slider, and the rest is history. So, Elizabeth from Asheville, North Carolina, you are the February gruesome giveaway winner. Woo! Awesome. (laughs) Yay. Thank you. Um, If you'll hold on to the line so we can get some shipping information from you, uh, do you work for a haunt? Do you work for Haunted Farms, or do, do you do anything like that? I am an avid haunt appreciator and major consumer of the haunt industry. That's what I do. So, in other words, you go to a lot of haunted houses. That's right. I love it. And Haunted Farms is one of them. Excellent. Well, I'm sure they appreciate that information. So once again, Elizabeth from Asheville, North Carolina, our February gruesome giveaway winner. Stay on the line. I'll get some shipping information from you. And once again, thank you to the very fine folks at ScreamlineStudios.com. I just found out today that they will be having some products at the Midnight Syndicate booth at Transworld. So if you don't win this month, go check them out at Transworld, or you can check them out every single month of the year on our gruesome giveaway here on The Big Scary Show.
And ladies and gentlemen, that music does signify you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. And can you believe it? It just seemed like the holidays were over, but we are less than one month away from Transworld. The biggest show on the planet in the industry. We are excited. The Big Scary Show will obviously be there. So many of the haunters out there will be descending upon St. Louis to go check out all the latest stuff. Some of you have been going for literally decades. Some of you have never been to Transworld. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, first of all, thank you. Second of all, about this time of year, about a month out or so, we like to kind of put out our little, what we call our Transworld survival guide. Usually we have a wily old veteran who's been here many years and maybe another vendor who's a first timer and try to get a couple of people who've never gone to Transworld to kind of alleviate any concerns, answer any questions, and maybe dole out a ton of advice. Some of it may be good. Most of it will probably just be, well, you know, we'll just have to say the jury's out on the value of any advice doled out during this show. But we definitely want to talk nothing but Transworld as much as we can today. And unfortunately, we are short-staffed today, too, so we certainly hope that the guests will be filled with questions and have lively conversation with each other, and who knows, maybe we'll all have a big old meetup at our booth, which, by the way, is booth 2410. We'll just have to uh, see about that. But I want to welcome our guests. First of all, in the Cleveland, Ohio area, we have Josh Arndt. He is with Nightmare Pioneer Haunted Attraction in Chardon or Chardon, Ohio. Uh, Josh, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Great to have you here, sir. You are going as a haunter. A, I assume you're a staff member or you're not the owner, are you? I didn't even ask you that beforehand. No, I'm a, I'd probably be considered what would be an operating manager. Uh, it's, a, it's actually an amusement park, and they hire us to run a haunt in the off-season. Oh, that sounds really cool. So we'll certainly talk about that a little bit. Also want to welcome from the Minneapolis area, someone who works for Poison Props, Fright Props, uh, Nick Knutson. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Thanks for having me. Very glad to have you here, sir. I know that uh, Fright Props has been going to Transworld for a while, I believe. So welcome as a first timer there. Also want to welcome internationally Curtis Lammer, who is in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. He is vending, I believe, for the first time with his product line, Kirk Controllers. Curtis, are you there? I am present. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I can see the snow in the window outside there. So, Yeah, yeah it's, it's very uh, chilly today. Yeah, it, it's still winter, isn't it? Mm -hmm. but, but spring is coming. Who knows? About as far away from Ontario as you can get is beautiful Southern California, specifically Marietta, California. We've got Sean Riegler with us. He is with the Bloodshed Brothers, who I believe have also been going to Transworld for many years. Sean, are you there? I am here, sir. It is great to have you. Thank and you for having me. And our fifth first-timer coming through the, uh, going down to St. Louis from Baltimore, Maryland. He is with Hackney Haunts in Westminster, Carlos Rivas. How are you, sir? Good. I'm excited to be here. As we are excited to have you here as well. And of course, we couldn't have this show without our very wily old veteran, emphasis on old, 
who's been going to this show for, I must, I'm going to say 20 plus years. He is a very fine sponsor, the owner of Creepy Collection up in Jackson, New Jersey, right off exit 7A, Jeremy D'Alessandro with Creepy Collection. How are you doing, sir? How are you doing? What's all this old stuff? I don't know. I think I've got a couple of years on you, and I certainly feel old, so there yeah, you go. <laughs> old, old, old. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 50 this year. Yeah. Yeah, I got you beat. I got you beat by a few, but congratulations on reaching that milestone. Ah, uh, thank you. Anyway, anyway, folks, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we are shorthanded tonight. Storm is under the weather, so he is not joining us tonight. We wish him a very speedy recovery from from his condition. So we'll go straight down to Cincinnati, Ohio, and welcome Meat Hook Jim. Well, you know, it's amazing to see so many first timers, but I got to say. Y'all talk about being old. I got you all beat. Well, yeah. Well, we didn't want to say anything because well, you know, I'll, uh, uh, before, by the time Trans World happens, I will be fifty-seven. Ah, uh-huh. anyway. But you're looking good for a man of your age. Uh, the best looking just a, one just on the good, show. See, can't can't argue with that. If you look, I was going to say little... there is one better looking on the show, and that's Jana. But unfortunately. Jana is not here today. She had a work scheduling conflict, but uh, we can debate who's the best looking one on the show. It's Jana. And uh, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, welcome, everybody, for our Transworld Annual Survival Guide. I guess the first question I have is, does anyone have any questions about coming into St. Louis and going to the hotels and coming in and Hitting the vendor floor for the first time. What is what is the first or biggest get thing that's on your mind as you get ready to walk through that door? I know personally, I'm really I guess I'll excited start. to get some seminars under my belt. There you go. That's Josh, I believe. What uh, what seminars are you looking for or looking at specifically? Uh, I was looking at taking the iconic uh, characters uh, class with Katie Lane. Uh, She's really well known in, in my neck of the woods. She's a legend up here, so I definitely want to hear anything she has to say. Uh, and then some scene design classes I saw. I'd, I'd really like to go to those as well. I've known Katie for many years. She was affiliated with us on the previous podcast we were with. That's Is that the panel that um, Japes Palace and is also participating in, as well as Tater as the moderator? Yeah, yeah, Tater's oh, cool. on there. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be a fun show. That's going to be a very fun seminar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, for I'm sure. sure there will be. I'm sure there will be a lot of rivalry going on there. Um, let, let's let's just throw it out specifically, Carlos. What are you looking forward to seeing most at um at Transworld this year? Well, most right now. I mean, to start off with the haunt tours, uh, just because I know some of the the haunts are on there. Hell's Gate. You know, I, I've I've watched them for years, so. And the, just hang out with a bunch of like other haunters and haunt owners because I don't really have many haunt friends and like near me. So I, you know, just before we even get the trans world, you know, doing the haunt tours, uh, I'm pretty, I'm really excited for that. And that's going to be up in Chicago, if I believe. Yes, and then I, I don't know how that's how how it works still. Um, I do have questions about that. If anyone has answers about, I know that I fly into Chicago and then they take us back to St. Louis. I believe they're going to put you on a bus and take you back to St. Louis, if I remember correctly. You may want to go back and listen to the big scary news a couple of weeks ago when we had Jen on the show, and she uh, she talked 
a lot of specifics on how that was how would that would work but uh okay yeah that haunt tour sounds fantastic i unfortunately will not be able to make that but uh sounds like it's going to be an absolute blast I'm uh sean a, oh, go a, ahead go ahead i'm sorry I was just asking, is, is that like a yearly thing? Is that like something they do every year for Transworld? Or? They started doing it a couple of years ago, and then they haven't for a while, I guess, because of the COVID thing. But uh, I know they did a show, I believe, in Tennessee. Was it Nashville or Memphis where they were doing a haunt tour, and then they were bringing people out? So, you know, the big haunt tours, I believe, are from Midwest, which is also based in the Chicago area. But uh, Transworld's been dabbing its toe into it for a while, so... You know, if you ever get a chance to go on the MHC bus tours, those are something else. You know, those are a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some cool stories about this pre-show tour because Hell's Gate's amazing and Disturbia, I think, is on the tour and a couple of the others. They're just going to be, they're, they're just top of the line haunts up in that way. Uh, how about you, Nick? What are you looking forward to mostly? When you get there, I know you're probably going to be working a booth a lot, but uh, what are you what are you excited about? Uh, yeah, so we're getting in there like a few days early. It's going to take us a few days to set up both of our gigantic booths. Uh, so, I mean, they're working me hard these first few days and I'm expecting that. But I mean, I've heard about the City Museum sounds like a really fun time. Um, and I'm also just excited to be like out at my booth and like showing off the work I make. It's something that is amazing that's happened this year. And I've got even work that I came up with for the company that I'm really proud to show. So it's just really going to be cool. I know that right off the bat. We'll definitely have to come by and check you guys out. You know, if, if I get a chance to leave my booth, you know, yeah. good luck getting a time. Good luck getting a chance to leave yours as well. You know, hopefully there'll be a big staff down there and you can work shifts. But uh, Sean, how about you? What are you excited uh, about? I think I'm just most excited to see all my friends that uh i i haven't had the chance or the opportunity to meet in person uh carlos and i actually have been getting pretty close over the last year or so uh he won't admit it but i think his creative ability dwarfs mine um and i've been doing this professionally for 14 years so i'm just excited to to see everyone face to face and to actually spend some time with them and uh network and uh, Curtis, I believe you're last, but certainly not least on this. What you looking forward to coming down from Canada? Oh, I'm looking forward to going to the show. I've actually admittedly gone once. It was a family trip when I was like 14, begged my parents to go. So we went for one day. Um, that was a very overwhelming experience. But yeah, I'm really excited to uh, vent for the first time at Transworld. I vended at MHC and uh, Fear Expo, but I know that uh, this show is a completely different animal entirely so uh, a bit nervous for setting up the booth but definitely excited to show off my products and talk with people and show what the, they can do and how they can improve their attractions uh, with uh, some of the new controllers we're debuting in the show are you going to be by yourself or are you going to have staff with you by my lonesome uh, i have uh, some friends that came down with me to the previous ones but unfortunately uh it's right in the middle of exam season i've been able to move my exams around the university been accommodating for me, but for my friends, not so much. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> nervous about wow. setting up and running the booth all day, but, uh, been working heavily on a lot of supplementary materials so people can get the gist of it without having to talk to me directly. 
Jeremy, we've got a vendor who's hopefully going to be part of a large staff, and we've got a vendor who's by himself. What are your thoughts? What are your words of wisdom for that? Because I know you usually bring a few people with you. Yeah, Fred Props doesn't need any advice from me on, on what to do. <laughs> Tell this guy what to do. Uh, you know, and that, that's that. Um, the new dude, you're kind of in trouble. You need. You, I was just saying, man, I hope he brings a bottle. He's going to have to go to the bathroom. Um, you better, like, when you get there, make friends with the people next to you. So this way, you know, um, if they have an extra person, you could throw them in your booth while you have to go to the bathroom. Because uh, you're going to have to go. You know, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to get something to eat. You know, um, I, 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 you could order. You could order, but I don't think they bring it to the show floor. You would have to go pick it up. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's you got guts. <laughs> and, yeah, I know it's a big problem and it's a big uh, gamble. I, I'm really trying to beg. I actually am in conversation with uh, someone I just met uh, in my local hometown who's in, interested in haunted attractions. So I might toss him a free ticket down um, just to get another hand. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm also setting up a. Uh, display with uh, Valkyrie. Um, they're a paintball company and they're right near my booth. Um, we're going to be doing a big uh, lighting display show inside their inflatable paintball arena. So mm. yeah, I've been trying to talk and make as many friends around me as possible because uh, I know I'm going to need some help for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know, um, you know, if you want to come see me, I have some extra people. We could always like throw someone in your booth if, uh, if you need. Throw that out there to the Canadian cousin over there. Across. Yeah, well, I'd be definitely open to taking someone if you got. You go. So, with the exception of with the exception of Josh, is there anybody else taking any seminars in the days before? I know they. I believe they start doing seminars. Did they do them on Wednesdays? I don't remember. Jeremy, do you remember? Transworld's like change, like year to year changes so much. Um, I, I, I honestly don't know their seminar schedule. Um, being on our side of the things, we don't get there till Wednesday. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, we come rolling in like and set up and, and the day before the show opens. So, um, I really don't know. I don't know. That's they fine. could, but I know, I know they have um, a bunch on the weekends um, and Friday, uh, Thursdays as well. Um, but Priya, I think they do that from Midwest. I'm not really sure. That's fine. I'll be rolling in Wednesday night, setting up, and I don't. I don't take the seminars when I'm there because I'm one. I'm by the myself at the booth too. Usually, I, I usually have somebody that'll maybe show up and sit for a while. I think John is going to be there, so we'll probably have her take her shift there. But uh, so I really can't comment on any of the seminars at Transworld. I've only attended one, and that was years ago. An actor trainer one that was a, a free seminar that was. I want to say it was Thursday morning at like 8 a.m. and the place was packed. So for those who are going to the seminars, go ahead. I I actually signed up for, I think, 11 classes right now, seminars. Holy cow. That's fantastic. I I went all in for this, for this transport. I'm doing the museum thing, the uh, casino night, the, the ball, 11 classes, the haunt tours. I'm trying to do it. I mean, everyone's telling me that I might, you know, tire myself out, but I'm just so excited. You might literally explode by Sunday. I have, I have no idea when you're sleeping. He, he better get running late night. You better get to Starbucks a lot. <laughs> right. Well. 
There is a Starbucks I mean, as long as across I can drink the street. Coffee all day, I'll, I'll be good. There's there's no food inside the the convention. There is a there's a little food court there with your generic you know six dollar hot dogs or whatever. I'm sure. Don't forget so, the mega corn dogs. Oh God, you can't forget the mega corn <laughs> dogs. So those are those are epic. But um, usually I pack a lunch, carry it in in a cooler, and a uh, couple bottles of water and all that stuff, and make lots of trips over to the Little Orbits Donut Place, who the guy will be cooking all day, and the uh, air frying guy. He'll be doing like air fried food, fries, onion rings, whatever. You know, it's all junk stuff, but still. You know, you got to get a little bit of food in you. So do what you can, you know, bring money because those things aren't cheap at the uh, convention center. So, and I'm not sure if the uh, grocery stores that were along the to- the, uh, the street, a couple blocks down from the convention center is still open. So pick up stuff before you get into town is, is all I can suggest. So, And you can take that inside the convention show? Uh, I don't flagrantly display it. I carry a cooler and a backpack, and I usually have my stuff with me at that point because I have to carry, you know, other things in every day because I don't leave them in the convention center at night. So they don't search me. I mean, I've got a vendor tag, and I just walk in, and I assume that, uh, you know, pretty much everybody does it. I see a lot of sandwiches being eaten behind the curtains at, at various booths and things. So <laughs> should be all right. Of course, I'm sure they encourage you to purchase your own stuff while you're there but you know what are you going to do i'm not going to tell you not to well so and i will say i mean um having been to st louis on i I mean multiple occasions i actually uh was stationed just outside of uh was it st robert at fort leonard wood missouri uh during my time with the marine corps um st louis has some of the best food you are ever going to find. I mean, their, their barbecue spots are just, they're fantastic. Um, there's a couple of, uh, and I can't believe I'm going to say this as a Southern Californian, but uh, there's a couple of Mexican spots that uh, I got to say, they, they definitely rival the, uh, the food that you're going to find on the border over here. So take, take the time to explore those, um, you know, when you have the time away from the show anyways. The name escapes me, but there is a small barbecue joint literally across the street, and they have their smoker in the alleyway. And usually by the time we leave, there is a line out the door. Do you remember the name of that, Jeremy? Is that Smoke Fire or something like that? Sugar Fire. Sugar, what is it called? Sugar sugar Fire, Sugar something? Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. Pro tip, everybody. Pro tip. You're a vendor. And you have more than one person, unlike our friend from Canada. Send your people online before the show closes. Yes, I walk back to the hotel, and there's always a line there just for people waiting to get their carry out or whatever. So, yeah, and you know, even though I'm from North Carolina, the home of real barbecue, and we will not have that discussion or argument tonight. Uh, St. Louis does have some good barbecue joints and some really good food. So take the time if you get a chance and. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they're so wore out because they've tried to do everything, Carlos, and um, they uh, get back to their hotel and they literally pass out because they're so tired. But uh, take the time to get out and do some of the, uh, the things that the uh, city has to offer. You know, it's, you know, it seems to be pedestrian friendly at, the, at that point. I don't know the, uh, the restrictions or what's open and what's not open. I know a couple of places that I used to frequent are no longer there because of COVID and things, but uh, 
get a chance. There's, I believe there's a St. Louis visitors guide that uh, is in the convention center and they can recommend a, a slew of things to do. So if you're not uh, doing city museum or casino night or the costume ball or anything, it's, it's actually a pretty cool city. You know, I have, uh, I have gone and toured the arch and uh, done a few other things like that too. So if you get the opportunity and, and you don't uh, live near St. Louis, and I don't believe any of us do, then uh, give it a shot. It's a fun little town. As far as uh, evening events and things, I, I believe one of you said you were going to City Museum. Is anybody else planning on doing that? Because that is one of the most unique experiences you'll ever go through. I'm sure you've all heard of it, but has anybody here been or planning on going? I'm going, but I don't understand what it is still. I thought it was like a museum, but now I'm hearing it's like a playground and a scavenger hunt or something. Carlos, it is a um, adult, adult like um, jungle gym. Oh God, yes, that's a great <laughs> description. It's um, it's technically quote unquote technically considered an art exhibition or an art exhibit, but it is unlike anything you'll ever see from like school buses hanging on the tops of the roof that you can go in and literally hang off of to, as Jeremy says, like giant jungle gym things as there used to be, I believe a giant ball pit in there. People would crawl around in there's tunnels, there's cracks and crevices. You could literally get lost in this. It's for adults. Yes. It's for pretty much anybody, but uh, yeah, we've got the entire thing that night. So it is, uh, it is a fascinating thing. I believe there are still tickets available. So if anybody's interested in going, you might want to go ahead and get those because once they sell out, they will, uh, they will not have more, but um, we have the entire building for the entire night, which I want to say it's Thursday. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but absolutely worth it it's walking distance of the convention center and there will be food and i think an open bar there light pick-me-ups and literally one of the most bizarre things you'll ever do in your life and they take no responsibility yeah. if you severely hurt yourself which nope. is a very good possibility so break their finger there one year did you yes i did mm. hey carlos Two words, hand sanitizer. Make sure you got it when you go there. I'm telling you. Why is that? You'll, re- you'll understand why when you go there. Just make sure you put it in your pocket. Listen to me. Put it in your pocket. You want to make the rest of the show and not get sick. You find things that everyone else is climbing on. It's like, you know, you're going to get it. Yo, know, it's it's, yeah, yeah. My staff got sick there. So it, it is what it is, man. We're, you're climbing, you're touching, you're crawling through things. It's fun, but definitely hand sanitizer. Keep keep yourself flowing. So you all that, huh? Well, so what's the purpose? Is it just, you know, people are just it, like playing around? Or is there a purpose why everyone's doing all this? these obstacles? It's, a, it's an experience. Now, yeah, mind you don't I never, really. I never went, so I know from going, seeing it, seeing the and hearing. Um, yeah, it, you know, when you were a kid, you remember going and have all those monkey bars and stuff. You climb up, and those bridges that you walk through in the playground. Well, this is like 
50 feet in the air, 70 feet, 100 foot in the air. They have an airplane that you climb up and there's a giant slide. And I want no part of this stuff. <laughs> Put that out there. Yes, I am the biggest friggin' chicken when it comes to heights. So I I, I don't want to go. I've never been and will not. I ask every year, are you going this year? I'm like, nope. So the fact that you're almost 50 may have something to do with it too, but you know, that's why going. I don't go anymore. <laughs> don't forgive, forgive my ignorance, but so what, what is this that I hear about? Uh, is it some gigantic slide that's associated with the museum? It's like an obstacle course and, and slides and, you know, climbing things. You can go look it up, look it up online. Uh, they have it all there. Like you'll see images, you'll see this giant airplane in the air that you got to climb up and slide down off of. You don't have to do those things, but it's part of the experience. Yeah, you can we stay have, inside and just admire all the cool stuff they've got in yeah. there and have light appetizers and a beer in your hand and, uh, and just have a great time. But uh, for those who are slightly more daring and, of course, younger and spryer than I am, <laughs> you know, it, it's something you will really like. You know, I went when I was probably about 40 pounds lighter a few years ago. And uh, I had a blast, but there were some things I wouldn't touch. So, and that was, you know, well before COVID or anything. It's a big playground for adults. Basically. We have a, uh, we have a smaller version of City Museum in Columbus right near me uh, called Other World. I just went and checked that out. And so I'm really excited for City Museum. Oh, cool. Are you going? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, and nice. to put into perspective, Carlos, like, Kind of what Otherworld and what I'm going to assume City Museum was like is like a, an actorless haunt mixed with Chuck E. Cheese like playground. Like you're just you're going all throughout the place, just finding one cool thing after another. Each room had like eight different rooms that you could venture off to and that you're lost. Lost is the best word to describe it. <laughs> I was imagining a whole bunch of like Halloween sets like set up for this. But that's really cool to hear. They don't need it. If you're hanging 50 feet in the air from the bottom of an airplane, that's pretty scary enough. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrified. Throat lozenges. Make sure you have throat lozenges with you, too. You're oh, going to yeah. lose very fast. You won't be able to talk to nobody at the show. Yes, don't burn yourself out the first day trying to talk to everyone, you know. Jeremy, as a vendor, you know this. Uh, Thursdays and Saturdays seem to be the busiest days to me. You know, everyone's kind of looking around and talking to everybody on Thursday. They seem to be doing the majority of the buying on Friday and Saturday, and Sunday's just kind of the, well, we forgot something. Let's go, let's go get it, or let's go back and see if we can negotiate. I mean, so like my, you, my, my, my you know, what I believe is, um, yeah, Thursday is your big heavy. Like people that are attending the show and they're coming yes. through like um, cash and carry business. They want the uh, one of pieces or, you know, stuff that like, like we don't really, we, we as in creepy don't really bring a lot of cash and carry, you know, like um, multiple items. Uh, we bring one item of our new designs, except for maybe our heads. We could, you know, put a bunch, but um, yeah. So people will hit the floor. And those are, that's like right at the opening. They, you know, come in and they want to put their names on all the stuff they want to carry out by Sunday, you know, and take with them. So that goes pretty fast Thursday morning. Um, they start, you know, sometimes it goes pretty fast Wednesday, 
you know, because there's vendors that have horns. Um, but that's Thursday morning. Um, and then, you know, usually Friday is kind of like Thursday without the cash and carry. Friday's more like everyone starts getting there for the weekend. And Saturdays are historically the busiest. Now, Sundays have been weird over the years. Yes, there has been Sundays where, you know, it's been quiet. And, and, you know, first of all, Sunday mornings, nobody's there in the morning. It's like a ghost town because everyone's partying their butts off on Saturday night. And um, you only got the vendors that are really in there at the beginning. But then it starts trickling in. Most, a lot of people hit the road. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it, it, it is um, Sundays are kind of like, it, it, you know, we've wrote orders on Sundays. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's kind of like, how would I put it? Uh, middle ground like yeah i wouldn't bank on a sunday but uh, you know it's either going to be like quiet and with some some pickups and uh, some little like last minute negotiations like you said or it's going to be um it's it's going to be something it's going to be like you know it could be like a big order that comes in like they were waiting you know but uh that that's about right yeah so th thursday's your your if you're if you're looking to buy and you're looking to take back with you stuff. Thursday's your day. Like, get in there. And that's don't, that's your fire plan, man. You got to get in there. Because, you know, we've had trans worlds where our booth was completely sold out by Friday morning of all the stuff we brought with us. Nothing left to take. Orders only. Yeah, uh, well, I, I actually am picking up a bunch of stuff. I've already talked to, like, 20 different vendors and ordered stuff to pick up to drive home from. Trans world, but I was going to say, Jeremy, I I, for, I, haven't, I forgot to reach out to you. I don't know if you have anything, you know, if you have a list of stuff you're selling. If you do, you know, shoot me an email later or something. Carlos, I remember you. You're, you're the Santa Claus guy, right? I got I sent you the Santa Claus with the kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, he, I actually shared his uh, what what a badass scene he made with the Santa, and um, it was awesome. I shared it all over. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Carlos, because of December, which was, I told you when you ordered how crazy creepy was going in December and I was by myself. All my staff was gone. Um, I am currently sculpting while talking to you. I remember. I remember. Bill, I'm still sculpting tonight. Well, oh. well, <laughs> I've been watching your updates. Yep. I am sculpting. So, yeah, we have uh, our stuff still in the molds, man. I got nothing out of the mold yet. So we're we're just getting into production, just start. Yeah, man, <laughs> we'll get it done. I'm not worried. I'll get it done. We we have faith in you, Curtis. As a, a guy who may be there by himself, are you only taking orders, or do you have cash and carry that you're going to have at your booth? So very limited cash and carry. Uh, there's a three thousand dollar U.S. Uh, value if you're importing stuff into the states that you don't have to get in a customs broker for. So I'm right up at that limit, bringing as much as I can, but uh, majority orders. Uh, I expect to sell out of all cash and carry stuff pretty quick. Well, it is a trade show as opposed to a convention. So, you know, most people will be doing orders as opposed to. So we assume you've got your catalogs ready and your online stuff all set up as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. And that is a question I did uh, have uh, about for people who vended before, what's sort of the, yeah, is there a lot of demand for uh, cash and carry? Is that something that is necessary? Are there customers that won't make an online order? They just want to get it in their hands physically at the show or are most uh, okay with doing an online order? I'll take this one if you like. Um, <laughs> Go right ahead. All right, so Transworld 
years ago, used to be only orders. You couldn't even you couldn't even take something with you, and it, it used to be on Tuesday that you used to be able to start talking cash and carry because that was the last day of the show back when it was in Chicago. It has changed. There's been huge changes to the show. Um, you know, I know vendors that have a very heavy cash and carry presence. They will bring a ton of stuff. They buy multiple boots. They set up on the, on the intention to sell stuff multiples, not just like I show up with my new designs and we look to take orders. But, um, you know, yeah, it depends. You get people that, what's the benefit of cash and carry? Now, this is a huge debate. This could be a huge debate amongst different types of vendors. As a vendor standpoint, one, the cash and carry, uh, it could be a less profitable thing for a vendor to do um, because you're, you know, you're incurring the transportation to the show, which is, you know, you're, you're paying extra. Some, some of these guys have to get semi, like, you know, giant uh, tractor trailer trucks and they get two or three of them to go to the show. And um, then they got to be unloaded by the Teamsters. And that's extra cost there. So the more stuff you bring, the more cost it is to bring it. So now you have to then turn and sell it at a show discount, which now lowers your profitability on per item. Um, so, yeah, it's not in the benefit, the, the benefit of the vendor to actually cash and carry their whole catalog or every item that they have on their website or, you know, to bring all that. It actually going to cost the vendors a lot of profit. Um, that, that, you know, we need as well to keep the lights on and, and the staff happy and everybody running and chuggling and, you know, the, so um, people like it because, yeah, they don't have to incur the shipping costs, which, you know, continuously rise and they're going to continuously rise again this year. Um, I've already got notification on that. So I, I, while well, I can see their points, um, you know, it also is... Um, it, it, it is a hard to do to cash and carry most stuff at Transworld because the costs are high. I would say more or less, if you're like want to cash and carry stuff and that's your business model, I would tell you go to Midwest more than go to Transworld because I mean, I, now, now, now I'm also talking about Midwest as I used to know it, not how it is now. I don't know if they have the Teamsters or any kind of, you know, labor unions involved with that show, but we were allowed to bring in. Now you could bring your stuff in the trans world, like we do as well, so you don't incur those costs. Um, but you're not allowed to um, bring it in with a dolly. You have to carry it in or bring it in with a hand truck. Um, yeah, so that's I've gotten a lot of warnings from people when I've asked for advice, and I've worked in the entertainment industry, live staging for a while, and I don't want to go anywhere near the union workers. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, listen, it's a good job. They got to eat. I understand that. Um, it's just, you know, it's a matter of, yeah, is it, is it a nice, um, we did it a couple of times where we would just, I was just exhausted and, you know, they, they brought it to my booth and it was great. It was like easy. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times and it was like, it was great. You know, it's just, you don't got to make a million trips. Um, you know, they helped me back the truck up one year and dump out and it was helping me and it was great. Um, it wasn't that much of a bill, but I don't, I also go with a sprinter van. So, you know, I can just imagine what the costs are when you have a tractor trailer palletized and all this stuff. I heard, I've heard stories from vendors saying it was like $5,000 to bring stuff to their booth. I, 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 you know, 
is everything costs money has to be represented into your product line because or whatever you sell because that's your profit margins without that you ain't going to be able to afford to go to another show um so and i'm sorry if i'm talking funny i actually injured my mouth a few days ago and i was like you know if you guys hear that i i'm, I'm uh, on antibiotics for it too <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to just still, still, you know, stay in there for you guys. I wasn't going to back out. So we appreciate just... that. <laughs> That's all like that. I mean, for me, that is probably some of the best information that I've had thus far, as far as reconnaissance going into the show. Um, you know, for me, I'm used to uh, what most would refer to as a convention where a lot of it is very cash and carry heavy uh, scare LA and West coast honors convention extremely heavy with uh cash and carry uh you know you load in by yourself and you don't want to have to reload that into your u-haul especially you know at the 11th hour when everyone's pulling their trucks onto the show floor it's it's a disaster so that kind of helps me as a first time um especially someone that's uh looking to purchase uh to to change my mindset as far as, you know, how I'm going to go into the show. That, that means for me, I'm going in, I'm grabbing every last pamphlet from every last vendor that I can um, shoot the breeze with them really uh, briefly and then moving on to the next one. So that's, I mean, that's awesome to hear. You know, one of your, one of the things you just said about that was like, you don't want to have to bring the stuff back. Right. And, and, and believe me, I understand that, you know, there's nothing worse than you have to go through a show. And you've been on your feet for four days straight talking to 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 people. And um, you're selling out products. And now you got to, after putting that boot together and putting it back, you have to now take it all apart and walk it back out to the truck and fight to get a spot for that truck. That's a whole different story. But, um, yeah. But last year, I actually, um, I actually did do that. I, I refused to um, fire sale anything. And it was actually one of the smartest things I could ever have done due to the fact of the uh, foam shortage that came out because that foam shortage came right after Transworld where it, because Texas froze, there was no poly and there was no foam. And those bodies were a lot harder to get, a lot harder to get into the United States with all that. So it, I knew I heard about it before the show, not the, the foam shortage, but the importing problems. So I was like, I told my peeps, I was like, okay, just take it back. And they were like, come on, really? I was like, I'll take whatever. If it does not sell, do not sell it for cheaper. Put it in the truck and take it back. These are going to be hard to get this year. And I can use every single one I can get my hands on, you know? So I, I don't know um, the status yet. I haven't spoke to my importers, how things look for this year so far, because uh, I am backed up. That meeting taking place next week. Um, but, you know, yeah. You also got to put your work into it, you know, and, and, and how much time and energy and this and that before you sell something because you don't want to carry it. You know, you know, it's one of the worst situations as, as, as a vendor is if you sell something and you say, all right, let's say you sell something for $700, $800 on your website and you give it show discount, whatever it is. So if it's $800, you sell it for seven. If someone comes, I'll give you five. And the next day you go home and somebody paid you full price for that product product on your website. And you're like, man, now I got to make it all over again. I just had it in my hands. Oh, you let it go for $400. You feel like an ass after that. So sometimes it's better to hold some stock than just to give it away. Because it's always going to set later. You know, in fact, this year I had to throw orders out. I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. 
And those people are like, yo, I'll pay you more for it. It's like, I can't even get it for you. doesn't even matter how much you want to pay. I can't get it. Can't get the costumes, can't get clown wigs, can't get this, can't get that. So always keep that in mind as a vendor that, you know, it might be worth that little extra effort to put it back in your truck from what I see. I do want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We are talking our trans world survival guide with our wise, sage veteran, Jeremy D'Alessandro of Creepy Collection. We have Carlos Rivas, Sean Riegler, Curtis Lanner, Nick Knudsen, and Josh Arndt with us, along with Meat Hook Jim and myself. We're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror with our very special guest, Transworld first-timers Josh, Nick, Curtis, Sean, and Carlos, Wiley veteran vendor Jeremy, Meathook Jim, and myself. We are talking our trans world survival guide. I want to throw a question out to the haunters who are here, who are coming in with their owners and are going to be buying a bunch of stuff for their various haunts. Are there any products? Are there any companies that you have heard about that you may have seen videos and and things of that you are just absolutely dying to go see whether or not you buy from them is not necessarily relevant. It's just the, the ones that you've heard about that you really, really want to go see. Uh, I can meant, I can talk. Uh, Gorgalore, which I actually did purchase something that I'm picking up there. Uh, I've always seen their videos online. They're, they're big actor animatronics. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see them in person. They look insane on videos, and I imagine they're even better in person. And, and they will be right at the entrance as you walk in, too. You'll walk in, and all of a sudden, this giant thing is right there in front of you, and that's probably going to be the Gorgalore booth because Kevin usually gets that one spot. So I heard that Midnight Studios is not showing up this year, which I was really excited for them. Uh, I, I do not know the entire vendor no. list, so I, I can't comment. You know, there's always new people and there's always people that drop off or go out of business or just mm-hmm. take a year off. I know Midnight is very busy right now. We've we get a lot of business from them and we've it's been slow. They've been just swamped. So I imagine they could easily just skip this one because they're so busy but yeah i would have loved to see them too yeah that's a horrible problem to have we're too busy to have to advertise for our services because we don't have to advertise for our services so so interesting josh how about you you know you're with nightmare pioneer haunted attraction is there anything that uh you think the bosses are going to want to buy and you, you have any particular products that you're looking at uh i'm gonna second carlos with uh gore galore a couple of the guys that hang around our group have uh, made some products for them and some of the big actormatronics. So, of course, I'm really excited to see those. And those are kind of a staple for the haunts in my area. So to be anything, you have to have a Gorgalore actormatronic. 
Uh, I went to a Valentine's Day haunt just this past weekend, and they had a big Gorgalore in there. So, yeah, they're they're bigger than they look in the videos, that's for sure. And uh, I'm sure Kevin or any of his staff will be happy to give you any kind of demonstration you want. So, just sounds like it's going to be... And he's been talking about all the new stuff he's bringing out, so I think it's going to be great. And uh, Curtis, I know you're by yourself in your little controller in your controller company there, but uh, I do hope you do get a chance to walk around and see a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that. I'm trying to set up my booth as quick as possible and then run around like a chicken with its head cut off. It'll be, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, uh, I have this controller company, but uh, that sort of came out of uh, being into Halloween. It's same story as half the people in this industry. You get into it as a kid and then it never seems to, quite leave you so uh yeah i'm gonna be excited are there going to be any um demonstrations that you're looking forward to do any of you guys go and look at the makeup demos or the costuming demos or anything like that or are you just more interested in props and animatronics and things like that i didn't even know they had demos they'll have uh, makeup demos on the floor there's an entire couple of aisles dedicated to most of the big makeup companies they'll be doing body painting they'll have models out there being spray painted all day they'll have you know some they have a stage out there not too far from the gorgalore booth actually it's kind of sort of in the center of the convention center where they will they will have chairs and a stage and a guy up there and he'll have some model and they'll be there well we do this and we apply this we have this new latex product or we have this new water-based this that and the other it's it's good stuff so it's like a little class yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's more of a demonstration of what they have. I, I don't know if they're actually teaching you versus just showing off what they do. But yeah, you get there early enough and they start bringing in the models, the men and the women to be body painted. And, you know, there are some incredibly talented people that will be there. Some of the best in the world will be out there showing off their skills. So, you know, we, we always talk about animatronics and we always talk about, you know, the props and the static props and the weapons and the masks and all that. But we don't talk enough about makeup and about costuming and things. And, you know, there, there will be costumers out there. There will be a couple of dozen, I'm assuming, makeup companies out there and, and latex companies and a lot of do-it-yourself companies, you know, Foam Factory and and tombstone demonstrations, how to cut this, how to make that and all that. So, and I don't believe there's any cost involved. I think that's just all included while you're there. So if you get the chance, go check out some of those demos, especially if you've been walking around all day and you need to sit for a few, you know, those chairs can be mighty comfy after you've been standing up for about three or four hours and, and watch some guy, you know, turn some, somebody into a hideous monster. They're always kind of fun to watch. Yeah. I'd love to see a costuming, you know, demo. Yeah, I don't know what the schedule is. I don't know who's going to be up there. So, you know, check the website. They might have that info. I know for myself, um, with our haunt, we're, we're extremely uh, mask heavy for time constraint reasons, for theming reasons. So those demonstrations, um, you know, obviously it won't be my first time seeing the demonstrations, but I make it a point to go and see as many as I can because you're going to learn firsthand, uh, you know, just by watching the absolute best in the business. I mean, these are, these are people that have worked on uh, movie sets. There are people that have uh, worked on photo shoots and uh, so on and so forth. Um, I think 
one of the biggest things for me is I'm, I'm actually looking forward to talking to these vendors firsthand, a lot of uh, which I send correspondence to over uh, email or phone call. Um, Fright Props is a, a massive one for me, uh, purely because their, their customer service is beyond reproach. I mean, you reach out to the fellows there, uh, they have you an answer within 24 hours, if not less. Um, so being able to actually talk to the vendors uh, firsthand and get their experience, get their wisdom, their, their advice, uh, that's that's a huge key for me, especially as uh, someone that's uh, an audiovisual learner uh, that can't necessarily just read instructions and understand it. One thing I will suggest also to a lot of you, and and you know, a lot of vendors will tell you this as well: if you're not looking at actually buying a lot of their props, don't. And I hate to say this in a negative way: don't waste their time with you know wow, what's that do? What's this? Cool, that, you know, that kind of stuff. Because they, they are there to basically make, in some cases, their entire year's worth of orders. You know, a lot of people will go in and just grab every catalog and leave. And they're just people who have no intention of, you know, purchasing from them. They just want to take the catalog. And, you know, Jeremy, I know you've probably had experience with that, where, you know, you're, you're dying to make a sale with somebody who over here who looks interested and you, you, ha- you get tied up with this person that just wants to chat. I mean, like we all had experiences. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> there's one guy who comes to mind. Five trans worlds in a row. He's in my booth and um, he's asking uh, millions of questions about every prop and everything that's there. And and um, he, he he never bought. Not not you know. He's always like, oh, my horn's in trouble and my horn's got this and we got a another thing going on and there's a rico against not a rico that's uh what do you call it when they when they want to seize your property um a rico? You know, which one is it called not rico re- no one wants to take your property to make a highway or a new shopping mall or well, that's called a taking down here uh it has a different name from what i was you know i know what it is i can't remember that's um fine. Domain. what is it called eminent domain that's it. Correct. Enemit domain. And he was like, oh, we got an uh, enemit domain and I, I can't order and every year it was something. But we know we answered as many questions. And and then one year he's like comes up to me and like I tell my staff, I'm like, oh, no, don't don't just let him look. He's not a buy it. You know, five years in a row. Same thing. So, this is, you know, don't 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 talk to him. Just let him look. Let, if he has a question, answer. One year he's like, all right, I, I want to place an order. I was like, Get the hell out of here. You're placing an order. He's like, nah, I'm placing. I was like, for real? Are you kidding me? I was like, I was like, we're going to pop this cherry. I was like, all right, let's do it. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go celebrate tonight. You know, that's great. Great. That's great. So yeah, I had stuff together, you know, but yeah, sometimes um, I think most vendors uh, are reused to that. You know, we don't expect everybody to order. Um, and that, that's that, you know, that's an impossibility. Uh, for any vendor to obtain everybody that comes in the door to order, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, so you're going to have window shopping. Window shopping turns into orders later um, when they're ready, you know. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, I went to Transworld in the past where I wasn't a vendor or a haunt. I was looking to get into the haunted house industry. And I was probably a pain in the ass running around asking a million questions, too, you know. And it all, it, you know, but look. 
I did open an attraction. I did become a vendor. A lot of those connections paid off later on. So sometimes, you know, uh, some people are planting seeds. Doesn't mean that we're annoyed by it. What used to, and what's one of the worst things as a vendor that I can tell you is very similar is when you're placing, when you have somebody, and I'm not going to, I'm going to leave names out. And this guy was a huge haunted house out in Saudi Arabia. And he was looking to place an order. And he's talking to me. And then one of my other customers comes over and says, hey, 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 how you doing? And I'm like, hey, you know, talking to the other guy. And they're like, I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, oh, dude, I, I want to show you something. Uh, I'm thinking about buying it. And the guy's like, all right, I'll be right back. And he takes the guy away. The guy forgets to come back to the booth. Mm. That is, is soul crushing. <laughs> That's a vendor. Because you're like, dude, you just killed that on me. You know? So, yeah. But, or... or back in the days when we used to have um and i'm pretty sure badger you're going to remember this when and uh you'd be sitting there and making sales and i know a lot of vendors complained about it that uh people when they used to dress up and walk around the show in costumes um that it's just like a pied piper effect someone comes to like with a costume these were just like regular people that were showing off their costume you know ability and they were going to the show dressed up and then all of a sudden like they'd walk down the aisle and they would just take all the people with them wherever they were walking. And all the vendors would be sitting there like, huh? What will happen? So that's why Transworld stopped that stuff from going on. Yeah, they, they banned costumes several years ago unless it's specifically at that booth. So that's very smart of them to do that. In your booth. Or in, yeah, your booth. Whatever booth you're at. If it, assuming it's costuming. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you would have somebody in costume in front of your booth or some of the other companies, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad there's not, you know, people walking around dressed as the Joker or dressed as, you know, Frankenstein. You know, there's rare occasions where that's allowed, but yeah, See, that's, just, on that now. that's just it. I mean, Transworld is a trade show. Um, it's not a convention like Midwest. And it's more professional and you don't need people distracting from, from what everybody's trying to sell. Exactly. You know, and it's one of the few trade shows I've actually been at where you don't have to wear like a tie to get mm -hmm. in. You know, if you have to go to the one in your chosen profession, you're probably in a business suit. You know, thankfully we all walk around in our black t-shirts advertising our various haunted attractions and stuff, but you know, it is a place of business. If you want to dress up as, you know, freddy or something you know that's what mhc is for and that's what you know days of the what? dead and horror hound weekend and monster palooza and all those things are so you know go Two knock yourself out at those 2010 was it 10 or 11 I, I think it was 10 i wore a suit on saturday and i got yelled at for it <laughs> hey, everyone's screaming take your daddy's suit off you don't have to wear that here <laughs> some of the old time wander guys that I knew like, what are you doing with that suit on? Get it off. <laughs> that was the last time I ever brought a suit to Transworld. As you should. So, so any other I, questions? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I actually have a question as far as uh, purchasing. So um, I guess for the more experienced vendors, is there a best day and or time uh, to come approach you about placing an order. That's, that's one that for me, I want to make the most of my time there. And I want to make the most of uh, the vendor's time that I'm talking to. 
uh, without, you know, distracting them from whatever they're doing um, so that I can take care of business as usual. Um, you know, make it as, as straightforward as a transaction as pro- uh, possible. Uh, one of the best things, you know, I can't, uh, every, every, every vendor has their own order system and their own flows and this and that. So it's hard uh, to, you know, but I'll speak as, as for us. Um, we, we try to uh, keep our orders in an orderly fashion. So the sooner you order, the sooner your order goes out. You know, uh, we come back with a book of orders from Transworld and those orders get printed out and put in new order of order one, order two, order three, order four, order five, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how we work on those orders. Um, so when we turn around and, you know, we're going to order supplies and we're going to bulk those supplies out, I'm going to look at the first 10 orders and say, okay, they got this, they got, I'm going to order those. Those are the first 10 people at the boot, you know? And those are the first people that are going to get their props start into production. Um, so, th- you know, that, that, that's the best. That's how I can answer from our standpoint. Um, now, there are, there can be, a, a, you know, sometimes as a vendor, you know, and I, I try to tell this to everybody at Transworld. I was like, we don't have a crystal ball. You know, unfortunately, most vendors, we come to this show and we don't know what's coming down the pipeline after the show. Like last year, when we walked into that sh- foam shortage that happened out of Texas. And basically had a beg plead and, you know, almost sell my children to get to get 50 gallons of foam so I could start working, you know. And I told my staff, I was like, guys, don't even bother. And they're like, well, I was like, if we got no foam. What the hell are you? I was like, let me I got to hunt foam down. So luckily, we, I conquered that problem pretty fast. And, you know, it took a, a, about a week of me being on this on the phone and um, going all the way up to the top of, of, of this phone company. You know, and um, so, yeah, thank God. But we don't have that crystal ball. We can't foretell what's going to happen. And um, so a lot of times, too, like, you know, I can't like I said, I can only speak for us. But, you know, there's certain items, certain pieces that we deal with with other vendors that, you know, that, that could slow down the process of, of, of getting those orders out, too. But most like more than likely, if everything works well and the world is as normal as it could be and there's no disruptions. You get your order in first, your order is going to go out first. If you're the last person on the list, Transworld, you're looking at end of summer at best. <laughs> That's the way, easiest way for me to put it. You know, it, it depends how big that list is too. You know, so yeah, it, it, you know, you want to be, you, if you're going to place an order with a vendor, you definitely want to do it as soon as possible. Um, Thursday usually is a tricky day. Um, as a vendor, I always tell other vendors, if you know, you're getting orders on Thursday, that's a good sign because, you know, Thursday, everyone's first getting there and besides the cash carry people, which pri- primarily is what the day is. Um, if you start getting a couple of orders, like you get, you get like six or seven orders on a Thursday. Sometimes, you know, if you get into that 10 or 15 orders or 20 orders, that's really good sign that you're doing something right on, on, on with your display. Um, because people are first getting to the show. And within a, I mean, was the show open for seven hours on Thursday? I believe is it seven or eight? I, I, I you know, it's people ten to five or ten to six. I don't no, remember. So, you know, it, you know, sometimes you, you, people that you know walk around the show, they got to see things. They they want to debate about it. Do we want this prop? Do we want this animatronic? Do we want to buy masks from this company? So that Thursday is usually a a like I said, more more or less like cash carry day and. 
da da da. But you could start throwing your orders in on, on that Thursday if you are as a haunt team knowing what you're doing that 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 far advanced. Now a lot of vendors will also put their stuff up online ahead of time. So they could showcase so you have that leg in to seeing their products, you know. Um, and a lot of vendors have started already putting up products that I've seen go on Instagram and Facebook and it's popping up. And it's a smart strategy. It's also a stupid strategy too, because you're also giving uh, compet- competitors a look into what you're doing way before the show with plenty of time to combat you on those products. So strategy is always, you want to show some stuff, get your leg in there. And I want you to see something, but not too soon. Because I don't want my competitors pointing my own guns at me that I'm trying to bring into the show. You understand? Strategy. So, um, yeah. So Thursday is, is probably, you know, if you're ready by Thursday and you see something online or you saw a vendor, I know you guys are talking about Kevin Alvey stuff from Gorgalar. Amazing man, amazing product. Um, you know, you guys already know what you want from Gorgalar, right? But you're going to see some new stuff that you've never seen from Gorgalar, too. So, you know, if you could figure all that by Thursday, throw your order in. The vendor ain't going to say no. He's going to be like, thank you very much. So any other questions from anyone? I got one yeah. for, uh, for our new vendors um, or new vendor and new employee with uh, a previous vendor. Uh, so Curtis and Nick, in, in your mind, uh, what does it look like when we as buyers are coming to your booth as far as, you know, getting that order, placing that discussion um, and processing that as quickly as possible. What, what, what is ideal in your minds? Uh, well, being a new company and rather a tech savvy guy, uh, all my orders are going to be processed uh, online. Um, in the past, I have taken orders, written them down, physical order forms, but that just takes away time that I could be spending talking to other people and explaining the product. So uh, if you want an order, place it online and uh, they'll be fulfilled in the order in which they come in. Um, That's why I'm trying to optimize that system. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like, um, I'm going to be mostly at the poison props booth. We have poison props, fright props, and then a cash and carry booth. Um, And I know pretty much everything we have going out to the show for poison props is already sold actually. So I think it's mostly like I'm hanging out talking about, uh, what we have out there. And then, you know, if people do want to make orders, I think it is also like similar, like it's online. It's just the best way to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as any of that goes, this is all going to be kind of new to me and new to a lot of our team since poison props is our like brand new thing we're doing. So, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be, should be like efficient either way it goes. So, yep. Let's talk a little bit about some of the logistics. Um, I know there's people that are catalog hounds and they will come in with a little dolly dragon behind them or a big backpack and they will just load up on stuff. Um, You know, it it, it sounds like, you know, common sense, but yes, bring a backpack because you don't want to carry a a stack of catalogs or a stack of brochures around. And yes, Transworld vendors still print out a ton of paper products as opposed to just saying, here, go to our website or scan this QR code. You know, the first two conventions I went to was, uh, again, trying to 
bring us into the 21st century. I had a QR code everywhere, but, uh, and so we can save on paper and the people, the paper is just a portal to get to the website, but uh, people still insisted that they really wanted a business card pamphlet or something. So getting those printed up because they do seem to be uh, required for this industry still. You know, it's funny as I was actually, um, and I'm happy you touched on this. Yeah, I learned something because I'm looking at doing QR codes only. I thought it would be faster and easier. And, you know, like when you display your products and you have all these stickers on them and name tags and it just makes the props look ugly, you know, having all that stuff. So I was like, if you put a little code on it and they could scan it, everyone has a damn phone in their pocket. They could scan it and then see the price, see the name, see the specials right on their phone. I was like, this is the best thing in the world. Now you're making me second guess that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, <laughs> you just end up doing tech support for people who don't know how to click the QR code. So paper is a good second. Still do the QR code. Um, I find them efficient and easy. People know how to use it. It's great. But uh, yeah, having the paper is still necessity from my experience in past trade shows. And people like going back, you know, you might have that QR code, you might have that thing in your phone, but then you drop your phone or you upgrade or something and you've lost it or you forget about it. And I mean, if you've got that catalog, you've probably got it in a drawer in your office and you open that drawer up and it's like, it's, it's July and Transworld was three months prior. And you're like, oh gosh, yes, I forgot to order this. And you look down and boom, there it is. And, and there you have all that information that, you know, as opposed to trying to figure out whether or not you deleted it off your phone or not. So, and you know, there's always that nostalgia factor too. You know, I, I start seeing people pulling out, you know, hey, remember this catalog from 2009? Look at all this cool stuff. Look what's changed since then. So, you know, having something physically in your hand is, is obviously something cool. Oh, I, I, I got to agree with you because I've still got a whole stack of catalogs and brochures from the first time I went to Transworld in 2011. Exactly. I've got, you know, stickers. I've got stuff plastered on, you know, my makeup kit and on various things. You know, it, it's, it's just nice to have that little reminder out there, too. So funny yeah. story about what you guys are talking about i actually and this is why catalogs are are the guy you know are, are very driven in this industry i had a customer once call uh and say they wanted to order some props and they would take a package deal and i'm like okay from Transworld, and i'm like all right and i was like let me let me get on the computer i'll type it all up for you and they start quoting the package price and i'm like no 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 I'm like, that's not our price. And they're like, yeah, I have I have it. I have it in my hands. It's the brochure. And I'm like, all right. Um, I was like, can you can you tell me what the front cover is? And they said what it was. And I'm like, all right, that 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 brochure that, that we gave out was four years ago. I was like, price. <laughs> I was like, we could, you know, and they, they held it for four years. So yeah, I guess you know what? I got to thank, thank God for this conversation tonight. Well, see, even wily veterans can learn something tonight. So <laughs> glad we could be of service to you. But um, like we're talking logistics here, you know, bring a backpack. Um, Jeremy has said, you know, bring food, bring throat lozenges, because you're going to do a lot of talking with a lot of people. And you might be at a place like Froggy's Fog, another fine sponsor of our show. 
and uh, you may find a little that you're a little bit susceptible to the fog, and they will throw a lot of fog out around their boots. So you may dry your throat out a little bit. You you want to be able to talk for four days and not just one or two, especially you guys who are doing boots, and you're going to want to, I'm sure, talk to everybody and be like, "Hey, come over here and look what we've got. Yeah, check this out. This is a, this is what we do. I'm a first year guy doing this, but don't blow your voice out. You know, lots of water." Uh, lots of comfortable shoes. God, I, I see people walking around in cowboy boots and, you know, loafers sometimes. And I'm like, God, how can that be comfortable after eight hours on a concrete floor? You know, wear your most comfortable things, you know, stretch before you go in so you can, you know, walk around and not cramp up, you know, stay hydrated, bring food, you know, all these little things that you don't think about, you're going to be in this building for seven or eight hours at a time, if not longer, especially if you're vending. And I don't know if you're going to have a pedometer on you, but you're probably going to have a few thousand more steps than you're used to. And if you're planning on going to one of the, the events at night, the, the vampire circus or the casino night or something like that, you don't want to be back at the hotel cramping up because you didn't drink enough water or because you, you wore shoes that weren't fitting very well and you've got blisters all over you and now you can't walk the two or three blocks back to your hotel in order to, uh, to relax or you can't walk back to the convention center for the costume ball or something like that. So, you know, and if you're vending there, bring anti-fatigue mats for your booth. Oh, yes. Those are fantastic. You, you will thank us. <laughs> Trust me. That extra padding around your booth makes a world of difference. I'm going to jump in with something um, for you new vendors, especially if there's not just on the panel, but anybody out there, watch your conversations after the show. Um, staying in a hotel, you're going to, you know, the, and it, this is really for the hotel across the street, which I know, what, what's the name of it now? You know what you, I'm, was, was it? We're always going to call it, we're always going to call it the Renaissance. I know that, right. so. Whatever but I don't know what it is now. Marriott, Marriott. I don't know. Marriott. Is that the Magnolia? No, not the Ma Magnolia is close, but not Magnolia is not the Wren. So that's what we used to call it, the Wren. You'll hear people will still call it the Wren. The Wren. The bar at the Wren. So, yeah. Here's the deal, uh, being a first-time vendor, that you're going to run into at the Wren um, if, you, if you go there. You're going to uh, leave the show. Everyone and should. You're going to be talking for hours at the show. And then you're going to go to the Wren and you're going to go get dinner. And then the Wren has a really nice bar that's there. And everybody like hangs out around that bar and it spills outside the, the, uh, outside the, um, the hotel as well. So everyone who's smoking cigarettes will take their drinks out. Usually the police will show up, tell them get the hell back in there with the drinks. And this goes on all night. And then, um, but, but that, you know, the amount of people, to talk to is is tremendous at these hotels as well and if you're a vendor you also got to start thinking about those throat lozenges because your voice box ain't going to last having the show all day and then going back to places like the ren take this from experience um i faced many a saturdays with no voice in the morning that i was chugging all this like stuff to get my voice back and that's the busiest day of the year and I couldn't even, I was like, hello, you know, that's how bad it was. So that's something to consider. If you're a first time vendor, try, try, even though it's very tempting, very tempting to be out there. Cause you know, 
we don't get to all come, you know, come together and, you know, be with our brother and sister in more than once a year, you know, and get to talk about everything we love, whether it be our companies, our products, our haunts. So the, 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 um, the urge is there, but it will come back to bite you in the butt if you're too long out there. And, and for so many people that leave their business cards at their boots, if you are at a place like the Wren or the Drury or the Holiday Inn or something, and you are mingling and everything, you better have a stack of them with you because you're going to talk to somebody who's going to be really interested and they will the next morning completely forget who they were talking to because of imbibing or late night, or they just wake up and it was like, oh, was that... Uh, what was the name of that controller company? Uh, I don't remember the booth number. And then they're going to spend all day trying to find you and they may find your competitor before they find you. So always have a business card and always write on the back of it what booth you're at if you don't so, have a Transworld specific. Pro tip right there. Pro tip. And have the business cards. Don't be like me that don't carry business cards. And I'm an idiot like that. I, I, I Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm not the best. I've never said I'm perfect, but we have made sales at the rent at night. Stuff that we didn't even have at the show floor. There's someone sitting there talking about something they want. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I, I designed something like that, but I, I, I decided not to bring it out. And they were like, why not? Because I was like, it's too controversial. So I, I said, you know, I'm not going to do it. I chickened out. So I took it apart. And they were like, I'll take it. Can you put it back together? Absolutely. I can put it back together. Well, there you go. You just made a sale at the rent. So have your business cards. That is 100% right. But if you do get a chance, go out there for at least, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and just experience that too. That Because that is that is a, a very cool place and, and you will make a lot of very good contacts. So looking at the clock here, we have been doing this a long time and I know we could probably talk another couple of hours, but... um. Any final questions from the first timers? Anything from the hosts that they want to imbibe or impart words of wisdom? Jeremy, anything you'd like to kind of wrap it up with a what you must have, must do, must see, must experience kind of thing before we start I, wrapping it up? I think I'm going to go back to um, the very good question that Carlos was asking that we don't want to get away from. He wants to know. What do you do on Sunday for pickup? Remember that question he said before? Uh, yes. Nope. Let's get into that. I think that's very important for a lot of first-time horners out there that are going to be buying stuff, and you guys are going to want to take it out. Um, the doors will not open at 2 o'clock on the dot. I can tell you that. Um, they opened a little bit after. Last year, I believe they opened up, had to be like 15 or 20 minutes after the show closed, right, that the doors went open. Yeah, it took some time. Um, so at 2 o'clock, exactly, it doesn't open. Um, the show ends. So you might want to stage your, like, start gathering. Like, if you're going with a crew, send your crew to places to start gathering props around 10 to 2. Um, sometimes a little sooner, too. Uh, you could do it, you know, some, uh, you know, up to a half hour, I'd say. And then you could start staging your props towards the back area a little bit for when those doors do open, that you can get out instead of having to go through all that. Um, I see a lot of people doing it. That's kind of how it gets done. A lot of vendors will hold the props for you um, in their boots. And, you know, a lot of pickup does happen once the doors are open, too. 
uh, you know, it's kind of like a um, double and triple park. I walk out there and it looks like New York to me. Um, every time I, you know, it's people dodging, they got the carrying props to try not to get hit by a car that's trying to get a spot. It's crazy Sundays. Uh, it is, it's, it's crazy in the back, but, um, you know, so position yourself nice and early, get, you know, and have a good strategy if you're with a bunch of people uh, that you're attending with. If you're attending by yourself, then start way earlier is what I'm telling you, um, you know, and, and that, that Sunday's Sunday, Sunday is like um, everybody wants to get out and everybody wants to get their stuff and they want to hit the road and they want to get moving. So, yeah, just make sure you're positioned nice and have a strategy. Hey, hey, Jeremy. So I have a question. You said you grab everything early. I thought we weren't allowed to grab it until two p.m. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, you could, you, you. All right. So people grab some things and they walk out the door with them. Um, I've seen it. I've seen stuff exiting on Thursday sometimes. You know, if people are bringing more stuff to sell, um, we would never release something on Thursday because we would have to display for the weekend for the whole weekend um some vendors do so i've seen stuff walking out the door on thursdays you can't like let's say carlos you were going in and buying a good chunk of my stuff right i couldn't release it all to you until a certain because i need to have that or i get fined the show would find me for having the booth too empty like we're we're, we're closing out early you know so uh two o'clock is like the rule of thumb but you could start moving like let's say if you had 10 pieces you want to move one piece to a certain area you want to send your guys to go pick up a few from this one that one and you guys start building up a nice little area in the back there for when that door does open you just carry them right out to your truck you know that's the only strategy i can give you that would work um yeah i i mean like i i want a piece ahead stuff like that that could walk out the door a little bit earlier but, you know, when you have these giant displays and giant animatronics, those are not going anywhere pre-show or they're not going to go anywhere. Um, even once those doors are open, because they got to be disassembled, they got to take it apart, you know, and all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, you just I, I know, man. Yeah, you you could get a hand truck. You can rent a hand truck. It might be in your best interest to purchase a hand truck. Home Depot's got some good ones. Um, they got some $25 little, well, I don't know if they're $25 anymore. They might be a little up. Everything's up this year. There might be $35 right now, but, um, they fold and, um, you can get, if you, I don't know how many guys you're going with, but you can grab a couple of those and you can start like a staging area. You know, it's kind of like how we come in. When we come in to trans world, we don't walk every single thing to our booth. It would take forever to unload. So I'll get there and I'll look, to, I'll look at the landscape and I'll say, okay, I know this guy, this guy, and this guy. I know these guys are not coming. Put all the props near their booth because it's the closest thing to the door. And then once the truck's fully unloaded, we'll walk everything over to our booth one by one. You're just doing the reverse. You're going to find a spot, put, leave somebody there, and start picking up what you've purchased and getting it ready to exit the show. In, a, in an area that you have. And, and a lot of people do that. You know, it, you'll see it, but being a newbie, you don't know this. So, yeah, there's always people hanging out in the back waiting for the door open with a bunch of props from everybody and masks and this and that, you know? What advice do you give to a guy that's by himself for loadout? 
Oh my God, up above. I mean, I have probably like 30, 40 items. Oh, um, so, am I doomed? Maybe yes. make friends. <laughs> hey, anyone on this panel want to help? <laughs> I actually had I actually had three people help me carry my booth out, which I can normally carry by myself, but I had to go get my car from the hotel parking lot. But they uh, they grabbed, we backed everything out, and we we had everything packed up, and I ran out to the hotel, which was a couple blocks away, came back. I said, okay, bring it out because I couldn't get back in the doors because I was coming in through the front as opposed to the back and they carried everything out and we loaded it all up. And I was on the road by before three o'clock, which I really try to get on the road by three. So Badger, you, know, you remember, thank you to those guys. You remember my booth? I was on the road by two twenty last year. God, uh, I hate you so much. <laughs> God, God. What's his name? The guy with the animatronic pieces. Every year, he always tells me. Um, he's from New York too. I forgot. I forgot his name. Um, Which I one? To... Oh, <laughs> so many in Scare, 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 scare! Oh my god, I can't remember his name. But I'm sorry, I'm getting old. As Badger stated in the beginning, every time I have to walk out to get past, you know, when I pass his booth, and every freaking year he looks at me and goes, "I hate you." <laughs> so, so early. <laughs> oh, there'll be people who won't be packed up and leaving before Tuesday. So, you know, don't feel too bad. But, yeah, no. Right. <laughs> any other questions, gentlemen, before we uh, start winding this down? If I could leave one uh, imparting uh, wisdom is that from a, a exhibitor perspective, talking to uh you know, perceivably what's going to be hundreds of uh, vendors, um, as much branding as possible. I know, uh, you know, myself and the Bloodshed Brothers, we're going to be vlogging probably the entire time. I will also have my phone out. And that's kind of my, my favorite thing to do for vendors that I want to talk to in the near future or place an order with is I will have my phone out and I will take a picture of your entire booth. So, uh, you know, your most prized uh props or whatever you want on display, make sure it's out there. Um, any business cards, pamphlets, anything, anything that I can grab, I'm going to grab it. You may want to ask permission too, because some people don't like pictures being taken because, you know, you'll start seeing reasonable facsimiles of their products coming out of China or something three months later if, in some of those cases. So Always, you know, always, always good to say, may I please take a picture of your, you know, and, you know, Bloodshed Brothers is reputable, but, you know, there are those people that just literally walk around with their camera doing this and they send that off to somebody else. And, you know, we've all seen it happen. So absolutely. Yeah. And I, I say that as a, a double edged sword. If you're not comfortable with uh, pictures or video being taken of your product or your booth, please, by all means, tell us, uh, you know, we're not going to be offended. Uh, there's there's obviously some sort of uh, uh, sanctity within our industry uh, that keeps us strong. So if you're not comfortable with it, please speak up. You know, this is kind of like a, a gray area a little bit because um, people that I have that are customers, and I've actually told this to Jen. I might have mentioned this in the past scary show, uh, big scary shows. Um, I had a customer once tell me, he goes, you know what I hate most about trans world? And I was like, what's that? And, you know, because this is a good friend of mine. It's like, I hate the fact that 
there's videos everywhere of the show these days. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I purchase stuff here and I take it back to my haunted house, you know, or it's going to be coming in. And my customers are emailing me what I purchased and I can't even wow them now because they already seen it. And I was like, you make a valid point, dude. You make a valid point. I was like, because you want to you hide your stuff, right? You want to hide the stuff to wow these people. Like, oh, my God. You don't want your customers going on, on Facebook. But also, at the same token, we can't stop it. The cat's out of the bag. The train's left the station. Everyone's got a camera and a video these days. And even those people that are running around taking the pictures can't stop those guys either, right? So... You know, as a vendor, you you want people to want to take pictures of your stuff and video. You know, um, it's kind of like just you know, yeah. I look he's like Barry just says, ask, I guess. But they really can't stop it these days. It is culture. Everybody's videoing something and picturing something is part of our culture these days. I believe. I mean, would you guys agree or disagree on that? Oh, I'd, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, and that's, that's one of the biggest things too, is with running our haunt, um, a lot of our patronage watches our videos um, and then they go through. And one of the biggest questions we always get asked is, oh, where did you get that? Or where did you get that? Because I'm, I'm sick and tired of going to Spirit Halloween and getting you know, X, Y, and Z knockoff. I want the real thing. I want to be just like you guys for my home display. So, and that's, that's one of our biggest senses of pride is being able to uh, pump up vendors like you guys um, to promote our industry. Thank you very much. You know, the, I, I will say this in a defense of the, uh, they're not really knockoffs, these imports. Um, and, and one thing I'll say too, some of them haven't getting, you know, they're getting better. They're getting better. Um, that giant skeleton from Home Depot was amazing. I looked at it, I was like, wow, that is the best Halloween prop I've ever seen in my life. I was like, wow, amazing. How can they do that for 300? I have no idea, but wow, you know, and, um, you know, it, it is always much appreciated, but, you know, also too, you want to have some kind of a line too, because, you know, I always get asked, like people ask me like, oh, can you advertise in this and advertise in that and put, you know, I'm like, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Or, you know, like, because a lot of people that buy those kind of spirit Halloween will put it or they go, they're not going to buy my prop. They're not going to, they're going to be jawed by, like, oh God, I could buy like six of those things at, at, at that store compared to buying one of this guy's stuff. And then it becomes a whole debate about durability and, you know, this and that and, but mo most of those people learn over time wh what they should buy versus what, you know, and the whys, you know. But they have gotten a little better. I I I've seen some things where I was like, wow, that's a pretty cool looking Halloween prop. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And some things I look at and I go, what the hell were they thinking when they designed that? You know, it's like, oh, but, um, you know, it, it is a gray area. And I, I, I would uh, I would definitely definitely um, say that, you know. With uh, I don't think Spirit Halloween is 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 as powerful as it used to be in our industry or any industry. I think a lot of these um, you know, um, box and mortar stores have have up their game too, like Home Depot. 
kind of had to. So because Home Depot is putting the best stuff out there now. Oh my God, Badger. I'm like uh, totally amazed when I go picking up stuff, supplies that I need. And I'm like, wow, look what they made. I'm like, yo, they, they, they definitely won the prize. I mean, like these animatronics are not bad. Not that I would want to see them in a pro haunt though, but to be honest with you, they don't belong there. There were a lot of neighborhood displays in Halloween with 12 foot skeletons over the past couple of years. So I mean, like the 12 foot skeletons, I have haunters ask me about that and say, yeah, I'm going to put it in my haunt. That was kind of like a, a gray area again, because yeah, it is a beautiful prop. It is beautiful. And if you're going to take that and redecorate it and repurpose it and make it your own, then go ahead and put it in your heart. But if you're just going to stick it out there like a skeleton, like my neighbor's doing, I don't want to pay to see that, man. I'm just saying. Any final questions from our guests? Well, it has been an absolute delight to talk to everybody here, and hopefully we have imparted some words of wisdom, maybe something you hadn't thought about. Maybe you've learned something. Hopefully you've been entertained. But this is the part of the show we like to call the plugs. So we'll go through our guests, and please talk to us about the haunt that you run, the props that you're doing, maybe your booth number if you're vending, if you know it and uh, what the websites and social medias are where people can get more information. Let's start with Josh. Josh, I know you work for a haunt. You're coming down as a member of a haunt. Tell us about the haunt. Tell us about uh, websites and where people can get more information. Uh, yeah, I'm at Nightmare Pioneer. We're in Pioneer Waterland uh, in Chardon, Ohio, about 40 minutes east of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, you can buy tickets for our haunt at pioneerwaterland.com. Or we're on Facebook at Nightmare Pioneer. And uh, yeah, we're it's an all-outdoor haunt. And we'd love to have more people come out. This is going to be our sixth year. Congratulations. Any uh, off-season events do you guys put on? Uh, we do. We have started doing uh, scavenger hunts, but they're pretty close to the Halloween season. But uh, we do uh, scavenger hunts where we show movies and then uh, have the main killer chasing all the customers around while they find items from the movie oh that sounds tremendous <clears throat> wow yeah Go those have been a big hit out. excellent so look for nightmare pioneer on social medias and all that uh nick tell us about fright props poison props do you know the booth number where can people get more information and all that uh unfortunately i don't know the booth number but i do know it's going to be very large and you will you will see it. That's all I can tell you really on that. <laughs> it's going to be large and in charge. Um, I will be out there. Kyle will be out there. He's uh, kind of my supervisor. I've learned a lot from him in the last year. Um, he works at a haunt. So he, it's kind of interesting. He works at a haunt. My other coworker works at a haunt. I am like an outsider on the industry. I'm just like a sculptor myself and have come in and just like worked well with these creepy people and um we yeah we just do a lot of cool stuff out there and i'm really happy to be uh going to trans world and being able to connect with the community out there um yeah we had yeah on poison props we um we started this year it was running in california previously we've started uh doug from fright props purchased poison props and we've just kind of stepped up our game with it really and did everything we could to improve the process and the quality of stuff we're putting out. And I think we're going to have a really good show this year. So I'm excited to do it and see all of you there. Do you, uh, is, do you know if it's going to be where that you guys normally are? Cause I think um, a lot of people do look for you. 
I assume it's going to be in this a similar spot that it usually is. Um, we may actually have a part in the dark area just with all of the pneumatics. We'll probably have part of it over there too. So oh, just nice. to chime in, uh, fright props is at 323, 423, and poison props is at 123. Now I know that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so do I. Glad Jim called up the uh, floor plan. So very nice. Uh, Curtis, uh, do you know where you're going to be and where can people get more information about your controllers? Yeah, so uh, check us out on our website, kurtcontrollers.com, K-U-R-T, controllers.com. Uh, we also have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so you can check out our socials there. Uh, feel free to contact me on Facebook Messenger or email. Uh, definitely looking to talk. And of course, at Transworld, come check us out at booth 2212. Yeah, you will not be far from us. It's a shame you're not 2112, especially being from Canada, but that's a <laughs> nah. joke there. Uh, Sean, tell us about uh, Bloodshed Brothers. Are they, are they having a booth? Or are they just coming to visit and all that good stuff? And tell us a little bit more about them and websites and all that and what they do. So this year, our main goal is to, uh, uh, as exhibitors, buy as many uh, props or animatronics anything that we can incorporate into the haunt um we're, we're looking to phase a lot of our old stuff out and bring a lot of new stuff in um so any of you that watch our videos uh you kind of have an idea of our theming in general um so please feel free uh you know we're we're there for open forum um i know i know a lot of people uh they message me in private and they like to say you know uh, I, I didn't want to bother you please by all means come up to myself or uh, either one of the boys. Um, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, that's that's kind of what we're here for, uh, as well as to promote everyone in our industry, all of our wonderful vendors. Uh, you guys deserve every little bit of uh, gratitude that you can get. Um, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube at the Bloodshed Brothers. Um, and you can find our haunt Temecula terror on, uh, any of our social medias. Excellent. I assume you'll be at midsummer scream. I absolutely will. We will look for you there too. And Carlos, tell us a little bit about hackney haunts and, uh, things that you got going on. Where can people get more information? Okay. So yeah, um, we're located in Westminster, Maryland. Um, you can find us at hackneyhaunts.com, which we're actually revamping the whole website in the next month or so. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram and, um, yeah, so this year, I mean, we're, we're really ramping up things, me and my partner, especially with going to trans world for the first time. And like I said, I mean, uh, I'm taking, uh, I think it's like 27 foot U-Haul back home with props and new things for the attractions. We have two attractions and, um, yeah, just very excited, um, for trans world, very excited to uh, meet everyone out there and. Hey, Sean, let's get a beer one night. You know, excited to finally meet after all this, these uh, conversations we've had for months. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's always a good time in Transworld. And of course, we couldn't do this without Jeremy. Tell us a little bit more about Creepy Collection. If you can tell us something secret that's coming out this year or tell us what booth you're going to be and where can people get more information about Creepy Collection. Uh, creepycollection.com. You can get on our Instagram. I live on Instagram. I'm on Instagram more than anywhere else these days. I like the platform. No political. Just everyone sharing, and it's great. Um, two, 
Uh, you can find me at my booth, the same creepy booth I've been in forever. Most of y'all know where it is. Um, this is 714, I believe. Um, and what do I got coming? Well, uh, it's kind of in the molds at this stage. I hate to say it, but you know, we have a lot of, a lot of new things. Um, I know we've been leaning on fear flex bodies for quite some time. And I can tell you that I decided to go in a new direction. We will have some fear flex bodies. Oh, I was like, ah, I saw, I saw your eyes there. Uh, we are going in a new direction. Um, and I hope, I hope you enjoy it. Cause I'm enjoy I, I'm enjoying designing it. So not that we're not having props, all the mask makers and animatronic guys out there. Don't think I'm coming into stepping on your toes. I'm not doing that. I um, will stay in my realm just with new stuff. You, you may have to change your commercial now. So we'll have oh, to, uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll be talking. Okay. We'll, we'll keep talking. All right. But anyway, of course, we also couldn't do this without our great hosts, even though two of us are not here, but we do have Meat Hook Jim. I'm still here. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> We've tried. No, we haven't. But uh, yeah, if you my name me, is Drew Badger. Show. <laughs> yeah, that is true. My name is Drew Badger. And I do want to say that I will be at Transworld. And I want to invite each and every one of our guests and each and every one of our listeners who are attending to come by booth 2410 that's 2410 say hello record a shout out hopefully all our guests to tonight will come by and say hi and and you know i'm always open for hanging out at the ren for a little bit so we hope to see each and every one of you out there at trans world safe travels everyone and remember this is the biggest show of the year wear your comfortable shoes this is the round table of terror here on the big
Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so we're still in the throngs of summer. And, you know, if you've been anything with Halloween for the past 15 years or so, you'd find out that now, apparently to marketers and companies, is the prime time to purchase Halloween candy. That's right, the Halloween candy is on the stores, and for some reason, you're buying it now. That's what they want you to do. Buy the Halloween candy now. And, you know, for years, it gets a little weird with that, but, um, you know, we gotta embrace it because we love our, you know, holiday-themed chocolates and, and fun candies and stuff, and we all know the purpose of why it's out there in the summer, so that we eat it before October rolls around, and then the trick-or-treaters are there, and you feel guilty, and you gotta get more candy, because that's the biggest thing. You always gotta buy it, and then it's twice as expensive then, too. But we also need to embrace the wonders of Halloween candy being this early, and um, <laughs> the winner this summer is definitely Sam's Club. Yes, Sam's Club has this ginormous tub of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So, for about $48, you can get this ginormous tub. I mean, it's so big, it's got, like, one of those warnings of not to drop toddlers in it. You know, the one with the little kid, like, crawling into the tub and a line in the circle through it. So, it's got that. And it has 375 Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. This might actually be Halloween candy you can purchase now and not run out of by Halloween. Uh, it's almost four, uh, 13 pounds of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Um, yes, me having enjoyed quite a few Reese's Peanut Butter Cups in my day, that's amazing. And can you imagine having this giant tub friggin' sitting around? So, yeah, not saying that you should run out and go buy a giant tub of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups to have in your house, because that's just dangerous. But, you know, if you're a haunt, Maybe you want to get this for the crew. I mean, that, that'll last almost a whole weekend for, you know, a crew of haunters who will eat that thing in one weekend, if you're lucky. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page. And on Twitter, at Big Scary Store. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free.
the old crone. <laughs> Let's imagine you really like to go out to eat at restaurants. And one day you decide, hey, I'm going to open my own restaurant. So you rush out and you lease a building, put a sign on it and start cooking food and hope for the best. I mean, <laughs> how hard could it be, right? Wait, did you do some research first? Did you learn about food purchasing and inventory control? How did you pick your location, your name? Do you know about labor laws, food safety? Do you think it's wise to go into a business of any kind without learning about it first? Maybe that's why so many restaurants fail every year. And maybe that's why many haunted attractions fail too. We've all heard about and maybe even known people who drive by a haunted house on Halloween weekend, see the long lines and think, wow, they're making bank. I can do that. I mean, how hard could it be, right? And we've also seen many of those same people sink thousands of dollars into a haunt only to close it the next year or two. Now, this is only my own humble opinion, but I think going into any business, haunted or otherwise, as an owner, you need to do your due diligence. Educate yourself, research, talk to experts, know what you're getting into. Even with years of preparation before actually opening my own haunt, I made many mistakes and continue to learn new things every single year. One of the best places to get educated about the haunted industry, of course, is Transworld, but I know that's not always available to everyone. And it is only once a year, so let's take a look at some other resources. The first one, obviously, our podcast. So congratulations for listening to this one. There are several other excellent podcasts available as well. Simply go to your podcast outlet and search Haunted Attraction and you'll find several options. These are great to listen to at your day job or while you're building props. Facebook has several haunt groups. Probably the most well-known is Haunters Hangout. You can search almost any topic to find threads or post new questions. I have found this resource a great place to learn and be a part of the haunted attraction community. YouTube is your friend. You can subscribe to the greats like Stilt Beast Studios to learn how to build almost anything. Anything from electronics to sounds to lighting. And of course, there's the Haunted Attraction Association. Memberships are much more affordable than you might think, and they have tons of information and resources available to all haunted attraction owners, even home haunters. And while conventions and trade shows and the internet is great, I feel the biggest asset in the haunt industry is the people. My first year at Transworld was on a shoestring budget, and I hadn't even opened a professional haunt yet. And while I didn't have the money for classes that year, I introduced myself and talked to anyone and everyone. And that's where I learned about the true generous nature of haunters. I have made great friends. I have mentors in the haunt world. And I have always tried to pass my knowledge on to others as well. So never think you know everything there is to know about owning a haunt. Just because you enjoy visiting them every season. You'll end up trying to reinvent the wheel all by yourself. 
Utilize resources, take advantage of learning opportunities, and make friends with other haunters. Then we can all go out to a nice restaurant and celebrate your success. Oh, the fire is burning down, so until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. What happens to Nancy and Sheila in the Mansion of the Doomed is so horrifying, we can't even hint at it on this radio station. Mansion of the Doomed is so shocking, it will never appear on television. Some films you see, some you feel. You'll feel Mansion of the Doomed. You'll never forget Mansion of the Doomed. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. The Night Keep, the, night the Macabre Waltz, waltz. on the Big Scary Show.
Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Creepy Collection and Von Caron Productions We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the Forga hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.